Tyler Shuck, Donovan Smith, Baron Morton. All three have a realistic shot to win the 2022 Texas Tech football starting quarterback battle, but only one can emerge victorious and start the season opener against Murray State. I break down which quarterback I think has the best percent chance of starting game number one for Texas Tech and look at each individual player's strengths on today's episode of Locked On Texas Tech. Our Locked On Texas Tech. Your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to today's episode of Locked On Texas Tech. It is a Tuesday evening here. So we're taking a look at the Texas Tech quarterback race. But first, thank you for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. I'm your host, Emery Lida, and it is great to be back talking about football. If you didn't see my preview of the Houston game yesterday, do check that out. I'm going to be taking a look at pretty much every single football game on the schedule for Texas Tech and every single position battle over the next 11 weeks before we get into the football season against Murray State. So be sure to check all of those out. My plan is to do one of those, one position preview and one game preview per week. That is the plan as of now, but that could go, that could change depending on schedule conflicts. But for now, I would expect to see one of these previews each week. In addition to some more content we'll be having about basketball women's basketball, whatever. But today, we're focused solely on the quarterback battle because I think that is the most pressing question about Texas Tech football this year. But before we get into all that, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And if you've seen Bet Online's odds, which I do recommend you check out, they have Texas Tech's over-under for the season at win total at five and a half wins. Seems like a little bit of a tall task from outsiders, but also insiders seem to have quite a big, quite a positive impression of this team so far. But one question that is still yet to be determined is who will start at quarterback. A lot of people think Tyler Shuck is the answer. And he's going to be the first guy that I take a look at here. And Shuck, when you look at what he was able to do last season, we only really got to see him in four games and really only half of the fourth game against Texas because of a shoulder injury, collarbone injury that ended up ending his season prematurely heading into that though he was having a pretty solid start to the season statistically you look at his numbers have 872 passing yards six touchdowns only three interceptions he averaged nine and a half yards per attempt which is really good to start off the season I mean that's higher than any other tech quarterback has had in the last decade provided that they started at least three games had a really nice game against FIU in the third game of the season where he had four touchdowns and no interceptions. Sorry for this quick hiccup there. It's right after dinner for me. But when you're looking at what Chuck was able to do last season, the accuracy was something that really stood out. From the intermediate part of the field, he was electrifying. And when you look at what he was able to do compared to Donovan Smith and Henry Columbia, that was an area where he kind of stood out, was just taking a look at the middle center of the field. He was 9 of 11 for, with two touchdowns, no interceptions on the intermediate range with that. Also really good between the numbers on the short part of the field as well. Deep ball, we really only got to see a few attempts, but there were some promising passes there. If you remember back to the first two games of the year, Eric Ojukama had a lightning start to the year, in large part because of some deep balls that he and Chuck hit on. And so 
Shucks started the season was really good when you looked at the accuracy. Almost 70% completion percentage is really good as well. And then you look at just what he was able to do from a poise standpoint. There's a lot to like about Shuck. But when looking at his tape, a couple things stand out. For one, he tends to stare on the first read a little bit too long. That is something that's plagued him dating back to his days at Oregon. And that's something that we saw kind of rears ugly headed in, in the spring game where he had two interceptions. One of them was a deflected ball, but one of them was a pick shit was a pick six to Rashawn Williams, who really just didn't really was able to just read that like a complete 180. It was really a good read for Williams, for Rashawn Williams, and return it all the way to the house for a pick six. But for Shuck in the spring game, the two interceptions and the generally Poor play, I would say. He only averaged less than six yards per attempt in that game. A little bit discouraging. So that's one thing. It's just the one read is something that he can get to locked onto his receivers. But the other thing I would say that kind of sticks out to me is he's generally someone that's played in very friendly systems. When you look at what Sonny Cumbie asked him to do and what we saw him do up at Oregon as well, those are systems that relied a lot on RPO action and a lot on one one to two read plays. And on one hand, you could see a lot of that was Zach Kittley. But what Zach Kittley was able to do with Bailey Zappi and the multi-read plays that he was able to do, utilizing all sides of the field, five receiver sets, four receiver sets, whatever, I think that that's something that you're going to have to see Shuck sort of evolve in. Because what we've seen is a lot of times at Oregon and at Tech, we've seen him kind of utilize only one part of the field, only one specific route concept. And while the system that Kibley runs has been proven in the past to be a simplified system and one that you can utilize that one read system, what really helped out with Bailey Zappi was just his ability to work the entire field, make multiple progressions. And it's one of the reasons he was on the NFL radar, despite his size, stature, and arm strength. So I certainly would think that Shuck's ability to read the field is something that's going to come into question but still, he's the guy with the most experience on this quarterback staff. He's someone that has quite a lot of hype around him when it comes to NFL. At least last year he did. This year, not so much. But still, a guy that at one point was being talked about as a potential first-round pick. Some people even had him as high as a top-two quarterback prospect in last year's draft. Obviously, did not declare for the draft. Last year's season fell through for him. But this is do-or-die time for Tyler Shuck. When you look at what he can do, this season, if he gets a starting job, gets in Zach Kelly's system, can put up big numbers, he could still easily be a day one or day two NFL pick. He has all the intangible, or he's all, he has all the physical attributes. He has some nice intangibles. His accuracy has been there through most of his college career. So there's a lot to like in that front. But on the flip side, if he loses this quarterback job, he's going to have to be, get really desperate to be able to get a second opportunity at another school, given that he's already used up his free transfer. He'd have to get a waiver. And at this point, he's not getting any younger, so he'll kind of fall through the cracks when it comes to quarterback prospects. So for Shuck, this is a really important quarterback battle. It's a really important year for him. But coming out of the spring, the spring game wasn't exactly too enticing when you look at what Shuck was able to do. But still, reportedly, he had a good spring outside of that. All the insight that I've heard from camp makes it seem like Shuck was still the number one guy at that point had some really good moments over the course of the spring practices. And as we head into fall camp in about a month, that is something to keep an eye out for because Shuck coming into the season as the de facto starter is going to be obviously having Donovan Smith and Barry Moore and Howden as heels. But if he can continue to prove that his, he's consistent 
makes good reads, can utilize his legs. That was one part that we saw a little bit of last year, actually, which I think a lot of people might have been a little bit surprised by. But he did have a touchdown against Texas. He didn't really rush for that many yards. But in, against Houston, they utilized it in the red zone. against Stephen F. Austin, we saw a couple of scrambles. So his legs being a continued factor could be something that plays a small part, even if he is not quite as mobile as what we saw with Baron, what we see with Baron Morton and Donovan Smith. But I'm going to talk about next, but first I have a message from our friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sporting info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs, which just finished up, and Major League Baseball, which is currently right in the middle of the heart of the season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, scores, and more. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on Check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, racing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. Talking about who's going to start for Texas Tech next week or in the start of the season in a few weeks. I don't know why I said next week in there, but talking about who's going to start for them against Murray State. The two names that are probably less likely to start than Tyler Shuck and Baron Moore or then Tyler Shuck are Donovan Smith and Baron Morton. And both of those guys on the younger side of things. We saw Donovan Smith get quite a bit of action last year down the stretch, started four games at the tail end of the season. And we saw Baron Morton briefly play against Oklahoma State. But for the most part, they're two guys that are pretty raw when it comes to what they've done at the college level. And Donovan Smith had 140 pass attempts last year, 8.4 yards per attempt, seven touchdowns, two interceptions, cross 1,000 yards. And he had two really good games, in my opinion. The two really good games were Iowa State and Mississippi State. I did a film breakdown of his game against Iowa State on my Twitter account. I will make sure to retweet that before this episode goes live and link that in the bio. And then I will also make sure to continue to... Excuse me. Sorry. I'm going to make sure to continue to post these highlights and sort of insights on what Donovan Smith and... Tyler Shuck did over the course of the next few weeks. That is something that I've got as a project of mine to do on Twitter. So I'm going to be clipping those. But for now, just know that Donovan Smith's game against Mississippi State as well was a really good one, particularly in the second half, hit on multiple huge throws down the sideline. That's something that he's showcased a lot of accuracy on the deep ball. We saw his air, his average depth of target last season was higher than any Texas Tech quarterback we've seen in the last decade. So Really impressive from Donovan Smith. This is some something that I don't know if a lot of people had as a strength of his was his deep ball. And the accuracy still needed work. We saw against Oklahoma State when he was under pressure, he struggled quite a bit on the deep ball. That was one of the least accurate games that I can remember by a tech quarterback. I believe he finished that game 9 of 27 passing the ball. I'm at 9 of 29, but less than 100 yards. That was kind of the one black mark on, on Donovan Smith's radar from last season. But as a whole, the running ability, we saw him run special packages when Henry Columbia was starting, had a few rushing touchdowns there. We saw him kind of play as a dual threat quarterback against Iowa State. He did a great job maneuvering the pocket well. And the le- the dual threat ability is something that I think he really brings to the table as a strength of his. The problem with Donovan Smith, I think, is two things. One, a lack of experience as a quarterback. And two, I do have a little bit of questions about his short 
his short and intermediate accuracy. The intermediate accuracy looked really good against Iowa State and to a lesser degree against Baylor and Mississippi State. But at the same time, the short accuracy did need some work. We didn't see a ton of short passes from him. And in Zach Kittley's system, that is going to be vital. And Tyler Shuck, I think that is where he holds an advantage over more, over Donovan Smith. So we've seen Smith now against four teams late in the season, played really well. I think there's a solid chance that he gets time, whether it be as a starting quarterback or as a special package quarterback. I'm just not sure if the starting role is going to be his just because of what Chuck and Morton can bring to the table. And speaking of Baron Morton, now's the time to talk about Baron Morton because I think that he is the most intriguing quarterback in this battle. And that doesn't mean he's the most likely to win or even the best quarterback. But when you look at what he can possibly bring to the table, there's so much to like about him. I mean, his leg, his running ability is underrated in my opinion. He's a good at throwing on the run. He's got good intermediate accuracy and the zip on his passes looked a lot better this spring compared to what we saw in the spring of 2021 and also in his limited action from last season. So I'm in, I'm excited to see what Baron Morning can bring to the table. Obviously a four-star prospect out of high school, someone that was really coveted in Matt Wells' final recruiting class and someone that at the time really looked like a guy who we might have seen follow David Yost elsewhere, follow go elsewhere when David Yost left, but managed to stick by Sonny Cumbie. We saw what he was able to do last over the course of the spring, the season, and he looked the best in the spring, in my opinion. The zip was there. The accuracy was there. They got all really nice bucket passes, and we've seen the running ability. And from all accounts over the course of the spring, he made this a three-quarterback battle. It wasn't necessarily anticipated to be a three-quarterback battle coming into it, but Morton's long-term upside and his skill set that we've seen now, I think plays a big part in why we're seeing so much hype around him. And for me, I think the hype is justified. I mean, looking at his high school tape, lesser competition, he does come from a to a school and just looking at what he was able to do in high school, it was expected to have a lot of, he was expected to have quite a bit of a learning curve just because of how it went or how his competition at Eastland compared to what he would see at Texas Tech and at the Big 12 level. But still, Baron Morton is someone that has been hyped for a long time. There's a lot of Tech fans that think he should be the guy. And I have to say, it's reasonable. Morton, what he showed in the spring was really was really impressive. What we've heard from behind the scenes, whether it be in the fall of last year where he was working as a third and fourth string quarterback alongside Donovan Smith early in the year, or when what we saw over the course of the spring and in the in the practices outside of the spring game, all of those nuggets and information looked impressive. But I'm not going to go with Morton as my predicted starting quarterback. I'm going to go with somebody else, which I'm going to talk about coming up next. But first, I have a message from some of our sponsors. All right, the time has come. It's time to predict Locked On Texas Tech's way too early prediction for the starting quarterback of the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Provide some insight into what I think their numbers will be and if we'll see multiple quarterbacks. Without further ado, dramatic music, all of the inquiries going forward, and I have to announce that the starting quarterback that Emory has predicted for the 2022 season is Tyler Shuck. I think it's the easiest prediction to make. Shuck looked decent by all accounts over the course of spring spring practice. The spring game looked a little bit rough, but we know that he's been a little bit inconsistent at times. He's got by far the most 
experience in the quarterback room, and it's not like he played bad last year. He had good games against teams like Texas and FIU, and I'd even argue the Houston game was really good from him. His yards per attempt looks really elite. Well, we saw at Oregon, obviously he had some weaknesses there, but at the same time, I think they were a little bit premature to bench him for Anthony Brown. But that's another discussion for another day. But I think Shuck and his quarterback, his quarterbacking ability, and particularly his ability to fit in with that Kittley, is going to be a really strong reason for him to start. I mean, he's someone that has the short inter- intermediate accuracy. We saw last year against Houston him flash the deep ball ability. Those are things that he can bring to the table that I really think are going to be valuable going forward. And Donovan Smith is a good quarterback. Baron Morton is a good quarterback. Both of those guys have a lot of raw talent. And this is a difficult situation to be in. It's a good problem to have. But Shuck's overall ability, his experience at the college level, his physical intangibles, and the fact that he's now played, it's going to be his third different offensive coordinator at the college level. I think all of those play into him being the right guy to start at Texas Tech next season. With that said, I would not be surprised if we see a multi-quarterback system. We certainly would be shocked if we didn't see at least some Donovan Smith in the red zone just because of his rushing ability. We saw it when Henry Columbia was starting last season. I think some people wanted Smith to take over right then and there, but certainly what we saw from him in the red zone, you could utilize him in those packages. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw that. I also wouldn't be surprised if Chuck had a little bit of a short leash on him heading into next season. But I think it's Chuck's job to lose. I'd put him at about 60% chance of winning the job heading into the fall. And I've been wrong before. I certainly think people in general have been wrong before. Guys like Johnny Manziel at Texas A&M a decade ago under Cliff Kingsbury indicate that you can come into the fall as a third-string quarterback, come out as the starting quarterback. And even if you come out as a starting quarterback, you might not hold, hold on to it for very long. But I just think Chuck, at this point in time, looks like the favorite to win the job. And for a stats prediction, I think if he starts all 12 regular season games, somewhere in the neighborhood of 3,600 yards has to be a good expectation. That's going to be a pass-heavy system. You've got a lot of talented receivers on the outside, whether it be Trey Cleveland, Jerem Bradley. You have, obviously, like Fungi as well, J.J. Sparkman. All four of those guys are young, tall outside receivers that could provide a lot of value. You also have Miles Price in the slot, who I think is primed for a really big year as well. Freddie Boyd coming in from Minnesota. And then obviously the tight end situation with Baylor Cup. And along with that, you also had you also bring in some more talented guys on the slot, like a like a Chedarius Townsend or a Xavier White. And then lastly, Mason Tharp in the tight end. I'm for some reason blanked on him when we were talking about tight ends alongside Baylor Cup. But Mason Tharp is a guy. I expect to have a big season. So you have all of those weapons, all those tall weapons on the outside as well. I think it really lines up well for Shuck to have a good statistical season. I think that's going to be the case regardless of who starts. But with Shuck, a pass-heavy system, I think 3,600 yards, 30 touchdowns should be the expectation, which ironically enough is about what Clayton Toon averaged last season for Houston. So for the second time today, I'm going to recommend you go back and check my last episode. I have a lot of information about the Houston Cougars when it comes to their offense or defense, what to expect, and some familiar faces for the Cougars that Texas Tech fans should know about. But that's going to be that. I think that Shuck has the potential to put up quite a bit of good stats. We saw what he could do last year. We saw at Oregon he had some good showings as well. Even if people maybe kind of soured up on him by the end of his tenure there with some of his limitations as a one-read quarterback, but still, I mean, good. Get, he played good games against teams like UCLA there and against Washington State. At Oregon, he had multiple 80-yard games rushing, which was really impressive. 
Don't know if we're going to see that this year, but I would like to see his legs some more. So I think if Shuck wins the battle, you're looking at a pass-heavy system and that much, that many yards is expectation. Could see some more in sprinkled in as well at times if Shuck struggles or if one of the other two quarterbacks gets hurt. Donovan Smith, I think, if he doesn't win the job, is still going to have a role in the red zone, but he could still well win the job. And if he wins the job, you have to think that the ability to sort of be a dual-threat quarterback, maybe running more power option opportunities and quarterback draws could be something in the cards. We've seen Zach Kelly play around a little bit with Bailey Zappi. Specifically at Houston Baptist, we saw some more of the dual-threat action from him on the tape. But with Smith, probably going to be a little bit of a different offensive done. You're still going to utilize the deep ball regardless. I think that's something that all three of the quarterbacks have in their arsenal, which is a really nice change because a couple of years ago, the two quarterbacks that Tech had in Henry Columbia and Alan Bowman both struggled with the deep ball. So for that not to be the case this year, I think is a really big positive. Smith obviously last year had a little bit of issues with accuracy, but was not afraid to take those shots and did connect on quite a few of them. Like I mentioned earlier, the highest average depth of target of Texas at quarterback in the last decade, even higher than Patrick Mahomes. All of that going forward, Donovan Smith for Tyler Shuck, you're looking at a guy that has been really good from a yards per attempt standpoint, even dating back to his time at Oregon. So a lot to like about the crop of Texas Tech quarterbacks. We'll be back, I'm sure, for more discussion on this topic when we get closer to the season. But for now, that's been the first position preview that I've been doing for this offseason. We've got, I believe, eight more of those that I'm going to be looking at over the course of the rest of the offseason. So be sure to check that out. I'm going to be trying to release those once every week as well as once a week with the football pre schedule previews. Hope to have NC State up at the start of next week, possibly even bringing a guest. And then the week after that, it's time for our good old Texas Longhorn friends one last time in the Big 12, presumably. So in the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at Eraser41. You can follow the official Locked On Texas Tech Twitter account at Locked On TTU. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel. I'm going to be working some on there to update and make sure that we've got everything you need on the YouTube channel. You can find us wherever you get your podcast whether it be apple podcast spotify or wherever i appreciate all the support if you guys can leave a review that'd be great and feel free to hit my dms on twitter or the official lockdown texas tech twitter account dms and let me know what you want to see what you want me to improve on and any sort of questions or concerns you might have i'm always down to hear about the feedback like i mentioned i've had some people talk about me one about wanting me to cover the lady raiders and trust me that is coming up trying to format an episode for that in the near future. So stay tuned on that. But in the meantime, I really appreciate the support and the continued viewership of Locked on Texas Tech. It would not be possible without you guys. But in the meantime, get, you can get more on Texas Tech and the Big 12 by making Locked on Big 12 your second listen every day. Everyday host Josh Neighbors and the local experts of Locked on take you across the Big 12 in 30 minutes. Locked on Big 12 is for your second listen. Again, that is Locked on Big 12. Might be seeing me on there and sometime in the near future. But for now, thank you for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. I will be back tomorrow. In the meantime, thank you, and I will see you tomorrow.